Hey everybody, Dave here. Just want to give a light spoiler warning. I'm going to be talking about some things from the game. I'm going to not try and give away the main plots or endings, but be advised, things might get spoily. to another episode of whatever we call this um the podcast the podcast in quotes underscore the podcast <laughs> with alternating upper and lowercase characters it's fucking capture a password <laughs> some some x's on the sides some tildes oh so it's a msn name gotcha. <laughs> it's basically what we've got but uh what are we talking about today dave i Fuck, I forget. <laughs> exactly. Amnesia, The Dark Descent. Oh. Yeah. Just another cheery podcast opening for another cheery game. So, uh, I played through Amnesia earlier this week, actually. Wow! I know, yeah. I was eight years overdue. It was released by Frictional Games in 2010. But, uh, I think, I think it was worth it. I think it was worth it in the end. It is a good game, Jake. Thanks for asking. Yeah, thanks for thanks for showing up, guys. Good podcast. We'll see you in the next one. <laughs> so you jumped on the train, obviously, much later than everybody else, and myself included, because I got this, I think, close to when it came out, maybe 2011, early, mm-hmm. early 2010. But let's let's talk some initial thoughts on the game. Yeah, what is the game? What is what is Amnesia? Oh, Amnesia is a horror survival game Mm. where you're essentially progressing through the storyline uh solving some puzzles here and there avoiding some enemies but one of the big things about it is you don't have a way to defend yourself you have a light source and that is it (laughs) you can toss boxes around they just don't do any damage (laughs) this is true (laughs) but essentially you want to progress through the game try and keep your sanity meter okay Mm -hmm. So if you try and go through the whole game without setting any lights, your character will go crazy and you will die, which isn't good. Right. But you don't want to have the light on all the time either because you'll attract some people and some friends you don't want to make. Right. Just like real life. Yes. Um, that sounds about right. Uh, the game starts off with uh, your protagonist. You play as Daniel and you, you seemingly have lost your memory, uh, as might be implied by the title of the game mm-hmm. um you kind of have a, a note which uh i may or may not put right here did i do it 19th of august 1839 i wish i could ask how much you remember i don't know if there'll be anything left after i consume this drink don't be afraid daniel i can't tell you why but know this i choose to forget try to find comfort and strength in that fact there is a purpose. You are my final effort to put things right. God willing, the name Alexander of Brandenburg still invokes bitter anger in you. If not, this will sound horrible. Go to the inner sanctum, find Alexander, and kill him. His body is old and weak, and yours, young and strong. He will be no match for you. One last thing. A shadow is following you. 
It's a living nightmare, breaking down reality. I have tried everything, and there is no way to fight back. You need to escape it as long as you can. Redeem us both, Daniel. Descend into the darkness where Alexander waits and murder him. Your former self, Daniel. No, yes, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good, yeah. <laughs> Quality stuff. So as the note says, uh, Daniel's, Daniel's on his own dark quest to kill Alexander. Uh, for reasons unknown. Reasons unknown. Yeah, and he even says, you know, it's going to sound bad, but uh, you need to do this. You need to go down there. You need to murder him. Yeah, and at this point in the game, I tried to leave the building. <laughs> the game does not let you do that. It gets uh, overgrown with this kind of, like, fleshy covering that uh, seems to follow you through the rest of it. Yeah, essentially there's uh, some dark forces at play, a little bit of supernatural voodoo. But you're being followed by a presence called the Shadow, because mm. you essentially were dicking around with some relics in the Middle East, touched something you shouldn't have. The orb. The orb. And now you have a demon presence following you. Yeah. But it manifests itself in different ways, one of which is... As Jake described, the fleshy goop, which yeah. kind of seems to appear uh, along the structure you're in. Yeah, it kind of just materializes around you at some points in the game. Sometimes you'll like, leave an area and you'll come back and it'll be covered in the stuff. But uh, yeah, it follows you through the game. It's connected to this, this shadow. It's kind of this corporeal manifestation of this otherworldly being that's uh, following you through the, the mansion, right? I understand your sentence the way you said it, mm -hmm. but mac and cheese is also corporeal, <laughs> technically. If it doesn't follow you, though. It's not, it's not ethereal mac and cheese. <laughs> it's, yes, it's true. But yeah, uh, you really don't know a whole lot of what's going on in the game when it starts. Um, kind of just going around, being scared. You start out and you're very disoriented. The very start of the game, Daniel's not... Uh, uh, he seems very out of sorts. Um, and you're kind of just progressing down, trying to find a way forward, essentially, to work your way down. Since you can't escape this mansion. Mm -hmm. And the piece, the story kind of pieces itself together through journal entries that uh, Daniel has written um, before losing his memory. Um, and as we'll get to, but by choice. Uh, uh, but yeah, the atmosphere of the, uh, the actual mansion you're uh, descending here is very dark. Um, there's a couple points where they look light shining in from outside. Maybe there's like a hole in the ceiling or something and you've got some, some light coming through. But usually you have to use your resources, your tender boxes, to uh, light torches and candles to provide some light so that you don't go crazy. Um, the game's like pretty liberal with how many it gives you. But if you, as a player, are starting to get panicked and you like overcommit, then that's when you can start throwing out. If you're just like, alright, I have to light every torch because I'm actually terrified situation you could theoretically find yourself in were you scared going into it did you have any apprehension because obviously coming in this late you had heard or read about the game a decent amount right so i owned the game i had played it uh about 30 minutes i got to like the first um first time you run into an enemy mm -hmm. and then i stopped <laughs> so i mean it was eight years ago i don't know if i could say i was You're scared definitely older and wiser now, right? <laughs> yeah but uh, I, I didn't get very far at all. The as far as how I felt while playing the game, there was a couple times I was honestly like, "Oh, geez, this is you know a little bit scary." I wasn't playing 
late at night with the lights off, right. like they recommend. I was playing with headset, headset though, so a couple points. But I think once I kind of understood the way the game was going to play out, as far like mechanically, um, it it was a little less scary for me. Like how how about yourself when you were uh, playing through? Do you remember your emotional state of being? Sadly, always. <laughs> I can I can catalog my history of self by emotional states of being. But when I was playing, I wanted to play it for the sake of playing it, because I had never done anything scary before. Right. I am traditionally a huge puss. <laughs> I don't go to watch horror movies. It's not my bag. It just makes me feel uncomfortable and apprehensive. Right. So when I did play it, I had all my shit set up in my parents' basement, but the basement has lights, which were on. That's good. And I had my dog next to me, <laughs> just because like the petting was uh, very comforting. Right. It's yep. just, like you said before, it's very atmospheric in how it's spoopy. Some of the darker lighting, um, some of the ambient tracks. Especially there's one that sounds like back of the ear, kind of like bone yeah. crunching. Yeah, just behind you. Yeah. yeah. They the, do a good job of that. The ambient sound really uh, really adds so much to the atmosphere, like, like most horror games, I'd argue. Like you, if you just cut out the sound, then it's a completely different experience. You're not, you know, experiencing that much at all. Um, like you can hear uh, monsters, other things like that, kind of around you. And if there's actually monsters around, that can be a huge indicator of you know where they're coming from. Um, and you can kind of like play around that a little bit. I like that when you can use that that information to your advantage. Um, but yeah, just in general, if there's no other audio coming through and you're just slowly walking through this, listening to the sounds of creepy things in the dark, it's going to be a little bit scary. Uh, and uh, that's that's definitely the, the case. I mentioned the monsters like a little bit. The um, You mentioned that you, you said there was a mechanic where uh, you can go crazy. And one of the things that can cause that is if you actually look at the monsters. And it seems to be from pretty much any dis distance, I think. Kind of just watching them in the dark so you know what they're planning or, you know, if they're going to come at you and stuff. That's a bad idea. You actually can't let yourself do that because it's going to go crazy. So the game deprives you of that sense, which I think enhances it a lot. Yeah. Um, one of the big things throughout all time is people are afraid of what they don't know. Mm-hmm. Which is why you have a lot of dumbasses who are racist, et cetera, et cetera. Not also, going to a political thing. I'm constantly afraid of everything. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're in the dark and you're in an unfamiliar area, you're a little more cautious, a little more apprehensive, because you don't know what's there. Right. And especially if you've heard things about monsters in the game, you're like, well, I don't want to run into one. It's going to suck. Yeah. And they are creepy. They look like, if you actually look at them, I mean, the model is eight years old now, yeah. so it doesn't like hold up crazy. Um, but they have this kind of body horror type thing going on, um, like misheveled face, things like that, malformed, mm -hmm. essentially. And it's, like you mentioned, you can't fight them. You have to run from them, but also if they ever, if they ever really see you, you're already at a pretty big disadvantage, because most of them are as fast or a little bit faster than you, mm -hmm. and... Uh, it's really hard to run away because you have to break contact with something that's as fast as you and then hide and hope it doesn't find you. Yeah. yeah you can try and put some items in the way, but I think it has the ability to break through pretty much anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
you kind of just have to not be seen in the first case. And that's something I, I, I did encounter a little bit um, when I was going through, like I mentioned, one of the things that kept it from being too scary for me is kind of this meta game sense that if, so if there's an enemy nearby, the game would reliably give me uh, some way to avoid that encounter or like not be seen. So like, say for instance, I'm in a closed off room. There's no, there's no exits. There's just the one exit. Um, and then an enemy starts breaking down the door. I know that there's got to be somewhere in that room I can hide. And that was reliably the case. And I think one of the things that, uh, not necessarily a ding against the game, because it was, it's great, as I'm sure we'll get to, um, but if you came at it thinking that it was a game, and that you realized that the enemies were being spawned in at certain times, there's certain like triggers in the level and things like that, and then they would actually despawn after like not finding you right. and wandering off, uh, that took away a lot of the tension, I think. Sadly, Jake had the experience of knowing about T-poses for characters, and he's like, it's not that bad. <laughs> that's, my, that's my natural resting state, is the T-pose. <laughs> Just arms out, good rest. Um, uh, but yeah, the, most, of the, most of the time in the game, the goal is to avoid the enemies. I think there's one part in particular where... You're, an enemy's kind of just staying in one spot, and you have to distract it. You have to like throw a rock or something to distract it. Um, then you can go from, like behind it, but um, usually avoidance is the key. And the game, the game kind of makes it a little bit hard on you because you're like, oh, if you're in shadow, you're gonna start to go insane. If you have a light out, the enemies can see you. If you look at the enemies, you start to go insane. You can see how there's this. Yeah, it's not necessarily a balance, but. They're kind of uncomfortably pushing you to go forward, so you can re regain sanity by progression or completing puzzles and yeah. things, and just being in well-lit areas at times. Mm -hmm. So maybe if you're in a room by yourself, you'll turn on your lantern and just look at it, it's like, it's you and me, Lampy, <laughs> and then continue on. Yeah, Lampy gets you through it. Lampy understands. But uh, yeah, those, those are most of the items. The other thing, there's some basic kind of like puzzle game combining mechanics, you know, sometimes you'll have to... Find an item, combine it with another item, use it on something in the world, right? Yeah, I, I found a little bit of that to be not intuitive. Mm -hmm. There were times for sure. Yeah, because you have to go and select the item and do something, and then go back and select the item and do something else. Like, if you have a key to a door, it's not like, oh, you have the key, you've used it on the door. You have to go in, create the key, and be like, this, please. Yeah. If you misclick the wall, it's like the key does not belong here. Yeah, it's not as You're so just bad like as King's the key Quest, the but wall. It's <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Show me your secrets. <laughs> I combined the rat with the honey. You now have a honeyed rat. <laughs> Imagine like the rat just kind of like slowly moving across the floor, like the fuck happened. Uh, yeah, there's there's a couple points in game. I think. Um, I think there's probably one time I actually had to look up a... Because I didn't want to spend forever playing this game, and I was playing it like 2.30 at night <laughs> on a work day, and the uh, I was I was basically stuck. And it was uh, kind of like toward the end of the game, there's some kind of specific things you have to do to progress. Yeah. And it's not really entirely obvious until you do it, necessarily. And there's usually some intuition, which I think is a credit to the game, that... Um, when I saw what the answer actually was, I was like, oh, there was a hint for that. I could have figured that one out. But I didn't. So uh, so it's a running from things simulator, 
hiding from things simulator and hide go seek yeah 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 using items on things simulator and the trend of making everything a, sim- a simulator for modern games yeah the, the we talked a little bit about the the vision in the game as far as um limiting your your sensory inputs basically right that really is probably the thing for me that that and the audio that makes it a horror game you can't look right mm-hmm. like you're it's, gonna lose it's very disarming like if you start to lose your sanity uh your vision starts to get a little bit blurry if you imagine like your character's drinking in gta type mm-hmm. thing yeah which yeah. can get really annoying really quick yellow car <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true the at the high state of insanity you can actually like mouse over your insanity it's like a kind of brain attached to spinal column it's not morbid though <laughs> sounds morbid it's not um, you can mouse over and it'll say, say like, oh, your sanity's perfectly clear or crystal clear. Um, you know, you're shaking a bit, things like that. At the highest one, like before you actually lose the game, it's just dot, dot, dot. And at that point, your vision is like crazy blurred. It's like, it, there's a delay as you're like trying to swivel yeah, you're your view. Yeah, you to turn your mouse and say, I want to look to the right. Yeah. You do have a bit of a lag. It's like impossible to see things unless you stop moving because there's this after image effect whenever you're you're moving uh, your vision and the game gets like way harder <laughs> like that it's a uh, it's kind of a situation where if you were not playing well at the game and uh, you're struggling a bit you know like oh crap i looked at the monster too long or i spent too much time in the dark or i ran out of resources to create light um, you can find yourself in a situation where it's really hard to find out how you should proceed because your character is going insane and you no longer can see that well but you know uh the game's really forgiving about um actual failure so if you ever uh, do die or go crazy for some reason it seems like it will put you ahead in some instances it'll be like oh you died to that enemy we're gonna just remove them from the game on your kind of like respawn because um, you kind of reload like roughly at the area where whatever happened, but the enemy will be gone. Uh, there was one instance uh, near the, the end of the game where I was supposed to like sneak by an enemy or like distract it or something, and it caught me, and uh, I was supposed to sneak down past it, like down some stairs to another room, and upon reload, the game put me in the room to despawn the enemy and move me beyond whatever the obstacle was, and I was like, I could have got it, all right, all right, like, just have a little faith in me could have got it maybe um <laughs> you think that's a settings thing i don't know i mean because the game doesn't have a difficulty right like you can't change from easy to normal or whatever uh, i didn't check if there was a setting for that if it was i'd be a little bit surprised it's just kind of a checkbox where it's like, auto-complete missions <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> you just kind of just uh it you can't lose in every area obviously because there's not enemies in every area but it would be funny if you could literally just idle and, like, your character would go crazy because, like, the lights are off. So the game moves you forward to the next area and then an enemy catches you so the game moves you forward to the next area. I'll love this to YouTube or AFK run. <laughs> yeah, AFK run. The any percent completion <laughs> for AFK and uh, Amnesia. But uh, but other than that, I mean, that was my, my main gripe for the game. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to judge it that much graphically. It's eight years old. It is really fucking dated. But it also doesn't need crazy graphics. Yeah. Um, the other argument you can make for it is if they 
made a more updated one, it'd be a little more immersive mm-hmm. as far as the environment and making things scarier. Yeah, they can make it even better, scarier. Better lighting, etc. For sure, but could be like Outlast or something like that. Oh my god, I, <laughs> I refuse to ever go near that game. We would never review it. <laughs> I don't know if we review things, but we would like... never review it. <laughs> I mean, before it's been like filleting games that we like, mm-hmm. or now kind of. I think we've started to judge some games. Yeah, because we finally found ones that weren't perfect. Mm-hmm. We kind of like if the game is. Uh, wearing a suit and it's like standing in like a ball or something like that we take like a couple grains of salt and we like throw it at the the game in the suit and then we kind of walk up and we apologize downcast eyes and we like brush the salt off of the game and continue filleting it Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah that's that's just the way it, it rolls really like we don't usually care to talk too much about games that we have absolutely no interest in yeah I think part of what we're doing here is reminiscing about games that we've obviously so far enjoyed to some extent and recommending them to other people, I guess. Yeah. Or even, since we tend to spoil absolutely everything involved in a game, yes. maybe helping people experience games that they would never have played anyways. I like that. I feel like that this is noble. the shittiest medium for that. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you should really listen to these guys to talk about this one game. Yeah, you, it's, it's a good game to listen about. <laughs> you don't Versus think, watching a YouTube playthrough or watching over somebody's shoulder or playing it yourself. You don't think people uh, watch the companion videos we release with these, with all of the gameplay that goes along with the audio, one for one? I mean, they definitely haven't found that link yet, so there's no way. <laughs> yeah, no, probably there's not. no way. Yeah. Oh well. Oh, I will say uh, another gripe I have with the game. But this seems to happen in a lot of games. We talked about how dark the game is and how you need light as a, a source to not go insane. Yeah. Uh, there have been many times where I've hidden in actually one specific closet for, I think, the third or fourth level. Mm-hmm. But you go in, it's pitch black, and then the light kind of adjusts. Like, there's a moonlighting effect mm-hmm. where you can see the outlines of other items in the room. And there's kind of just like a soft glow to everything. You're like, oh, this is mildly peaceful. Yeah, your pupils dilate a bit. Yeah. I'm sure it's so the character can still view things to a degree. Right. As far as the graphics engine is, et cetera. But I found that as like a kind of a, a mechanism to get out of the spoop mode. Yeah. Because you're like, I can't see anything. It's like, that's not true. You can actually see 17 boxes piled up. And yeah. I'm like, okay. I understand the necessity for it like what if you ran out of light entirely right and you're just like you're in a basement or something there's a specific area where the shadow is actually i think the cellar Mm -hmm. there's an unnatural darkness like permeating the area and anything that you light barely helps um and if you couldn't light anything and you didn't have this kind of like dark vision to a certain extent um the game would actually just be pretty much impossible (laughs) you are in a room there is a door. I opened the door. You cannot open the door. The door is locked. <laughs> it is dark. You are likely to be eaten by a group. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's definitely the case. I mean, like to a certain to a certain to a certain extent, uh, when playing through, there's actually some parts where uh, not using the light lets you see more, because having a light near you ruins your dark vision, and so 
you can't see that far. But if you didn't have any light whatsoever, you have like this dark vision that basically will give you like a good idea of what's around you. Um, it's kind of rare, but it is interesting. I kind of want to talk about the story more, but I don't want to give away the plot as you play through the game. Right, so we should just spoil the end, but leave all the <laughs> all the connecting pieces out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, we can uh, we can talk about some of the themes, maybe. Clearly, the 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 name of the game, The Dark Descent, uh, relates to the protagonist. And you guys have already heard your spoiler warning, so. You know, what are you going to do? Him. Yeah. Fuck you, I mean. Fuck you. <laughs> Dave, that's our only listener. <laughs> and then we're going to watch our videos, too. <laughs> the uh, the Dark Descent is like... Uh, it, it's kind of... It takes two forms, right? There's literally... You're descending into this mansion, eventually finding an elevator going further down in this castle, to like this dungeon and ritual chambers and things like that, torture areas. Spoilers. The, um, the other part of the Dark Descent is the protagonist's mind prior to you uh, becoming the protagonist, um, prior to assuming the role of Daniel, uh, where Daniel um, had all of these encounters. Like, he, he went to Egypt. He discovered the orb, as you said. He brought it back. Um, people near him began to die. Uh, and it's, it's actually kind of interesting because the people that die near him, like his, uh, his physician... A geologist that he visits, um, they tend to die kind of soon after he visited them. But this whole time he's basically stayed at his apartment. So the shadow that's following him killed the people that he talked to about the orb, but probably had an opportunity to kill him and didn't. And it's kind of interesting because he was at his apartment for like a month basically, before uh, finally getting the invitation from Alexander to come out for protection, basically, right? But, you know, the fact that everyone's dying around him is an incentive to no longer remain in the area, and he does does head out to join Alexander. After Daniel arrives, uh, all of the uh, events leading up to the uh, the start of the game, as you know it, uh, transpire and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go in depth because uh, if you haven't played the game you should for sure it's not a long playthrough how fast did you do it uh probably four or five hours yeah maybe about that yeah actually didn't take me that long so probably um the game's a bit slower or the game takes longer to complete if you're being really really patient with it or <laughs> are paranoid um something I encountered was uh, I would like stack boxes, things like that, so I could hide behind them later. And I never hid behind those boxes. Those, uh, those just stayed there, stacked neatly until I left the area and came back. Um, usually, the game gives you some place to hide, uh, and there there are puzzles. Uh, there is a puzzle kind of toward the end of the game that I uh, I did have to look up, like I mentioned, and it was. It was something where I had actually like looked at the puzzle previously, but I didn't realize what I needed to do, and so I had to come back and uh, actually complete it and felt really silly about it. But, but I think uh, I think Amnesia is a solid game to get started on, um, as far as horror is concerned. There's a lot of games that are like ah, we're kind of scary, like um, 
or or shooters that try to be you know kind of scary there's like resident evil there's dead space fear uh fear yeah fear's actually that could be a good podcast actually (laughs) i really enjoyed fear but it's an entirely different experience to play without a weapon to play a game where you can't fight back and it forces you to play the game differently obviously so having played through amnesia uh what do you think what do you think could have made the game better or what would a game need to have in it to interest you kind of like amnesia did or eight years after like what could you add to it i would definitely make things a little more scary mm-hmm. like you said the models for the monsters are a little bit dated yeah one of the things i found out after the i played through the game there's actually like three different types of monsters yeah there's like one's like a soldier one's something else and i never would have known because i wasn't looking at anything yeah um so I would definitely update that a little bit, find something that's a little more niche and will prey on people's like personal fears. Like I'm not a big spiders guy myself. Yeah. So anytime like a, one of the Doom games had like, oh, there's space spiders. I'm like, still, it's not <laughs> enough for me. Like I'm running through hallways with my eyes closed. Right. But finding things a little more specific as opposed to just ambient horror, mm-hmm. I would still keep the ambient horror because the the mood and feeling is a big thing of it. Yeah. You want sure. your character to feel alone and defenseless by not giving them any weapons. But maybe having certain things with a little more interaction. Mm-hmm. Cause like I said, I really did enjoy the game. I like the story, um, the puzzles and other things, but anytime you had an encounter come up, yeah, it seemed like just book it and run. Yeah. And you oh, that was a narrow escape. But assuming you don't sit there and wait, you can outrun whatever you need to mm-hmm. to get to the next area. And that was that was kind of the binary thing, right? It's yeah. either you need to hide, here's obviously a place you can hide, or you need to run run through closed doors after you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if there's like a perfect way to make it less formulaic in that regard. Yeah. I mean, maybe the enemy types, right? Like, maybe if some of the enemy types forced you specifically, like, maybe hiding wasn't an option, but you also couldn't run, right? Like, you had to kind of sneak away from it because it would, like, move to where you were or something like that. Something so you just couldn't sit in one spot and wait for it to go away. Because all the enemies basically functioned one of two ways. There's the shadow chasing you. You have to run from it. Nothing else you can do. You literally can't see it. Um... I guess three ways. Water enemy, which I actually... First time encountering that. That's a yeah. fun time. Uh, that one was actually pretty pretty scary for me. The um, the last one is the main enemies type that you're going to just experience throughout the game. Just don't let them see you. And that's, that's it. Um, I mean, those were the key mechanics, but perhaps they could have iterated on that a little bit more. Now, what are your thoughts on something like last of us you have the clickers mm-hmm. they can't see for shit right but if you make noise they obviously go after you so a lot of the those gameplay parts you have to essentially get close to the enemy without if you touch them they're like i'm pretty sure somebody's there <laughs> yeah. but you have to get very close to them and skirt by yeah without making too much noise you're touching them yeah and i think i mean without going too far into that game there's there's definitely some merit to the way that they differentiated the enemy types you're just like, you're up against the guy that can see you. Don't turn your light on. 
you know, don't be in the light where he can see you. If you're up against those clickers, things that can like hear you, then that affords you like an entirely different way you can go about it, right? So they, they kind of cover each other's weaknesses and you have to address, you have to like approach either of them uh, in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're in an area with both of them, you have to be really attentive. You can't like get them confused, run in and get wrecked. Or you could because you have a gun, but uh, you couldn't do that in amnesia. So I think I think things like that could definitely kind of ramp it up to the next next level. And to be fair, I did not play the next game, uh, Machine for Pigs. Um, it could be that that solved absolutely everything, and I just have no idea. But for the dark, for the Dark Descent, at least it was uh, something I think could be could be iterated on in the future. Something made a little bit better. But we didn't want to go t- too far into spoilers for this one, just in case you guys did come back and play it. So we left uh, plenty of the story there. Still recommend you go back and you play it. I believe that does it for me. Do you have any other final thoughts for The Dark Descent? So I will say one of the strong suits of the game is the plot. I really like the plot and the character progression and how you see the story unfold. I also like anytime a game is more minimalistic where it can get away with it. Yeah. So you start the game with very little information and you go in as protagonist and you're like, this is me, this is what I have to do. Yeah, touch a bunch of stuff actually. Yeah. (laughs) Which is similar to other games like Zelda. I'm a protagonist, this is what I have to do. Mm -hmm. But it's nice when you start off at that base, uh, the player comes in with a lot of assumptions so I could say, like, hey, Jake, my parents have a cottage. I don't need to fill in the rest of that sentence. You mm-hmm. already have in your head the idea of a cottage. Right. They and you kids. will essentially fill in the gaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Trail of sweets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the game's definitely, definitely good with that, with controlling the amount of information it gets you. Yeah, and I prefer when games do that, similar to... Again, I never want to relate anything to Dark Souls that isn't Dark Souls. Right. So you're saying it's a Souls like. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the piecemeal information and letting the world building happen over time. I don't like when things are rushed. Right. It's like, hey, I'm Timmy. I'm your best friend from 12 years. Yeah. Let's go out to the field real quick. I hope nobody attacks the kingdom. <laughs> like Certain things are a little tried. You get a little dialogue pop up at the beginning of the game and it just has a little scroll bar (laughs) and just read all of the plot and then you can play. (laughs) This is Alexander. This is Daniel. They're they're at odds. (laughs) It's just, it's kind of like an out of, almost like a Stanley parable, kind of like out of body third person type setup where it's just like, you, you, for this game, you will be playing as Daniel. (laughs) Your main antagonist is Alexander. Your character has some reasons that he dislikes him. But we won't go into that right now. <laughs> Thank you for playing and enjoy the game. My favorite class is the spy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I appreciate these references. Uh, but the game just does a really good job of pacing. Now part of that is how dated it is and the engine it's on. Mm-hmm. But early on in the game, a little tool, t- t- tool tip comes up. And it just says, press shift to run. That's it. Yeah. Now, you're already in a spoopy environment, so you're hearing, like, I need to run? Shit. Yeah. So you start to, like, run. And at this point in the game, you're not encountering any enemies or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But you just now have that extra thing in the back of your mind. Right. It's 
letting your own mind work against itself for paranoia's sake. Right. They're like, run? That sounds terrifying. I'm never going to do that. <laughs> Exercise? Not for me. <laughs> yeah, just spend the next... Or the, the, the length of the game could vary. Uh, if, depending on how many hours you spend trying to escape through the front door <laughs> instead of going yeah. deeper into the castle. <laughs> You're like, alright, let's pry some of these boards off. <laughs> Where do I get the crowbar? <laughs> Crap. <laughs> but uh, I believe that that would do it for this episode, unless you have anything else that you wish to add. Or that subtract. <laughs> subtract. Anything you want to take? No take-backs. Could you take back all of my audio, please? Thank you. <laughs> That would make this a very awkward experience. Just another another Overwatch podcast. With <laughs> they never heard that, Dave. They don't know about that. Uh, just another podcast, me talking to myself. But I would like to thank all of our listeners for sticking around with us and listening to our episodes. And hopefully, if you haven't played Amnesia, you get the opportunity to. It is a quality, spooky experience. And... Uh, will let you it'll lead you to appreciate any time you are given a weapon in a game <laughs> to solve your problem <laughs> yeah that's okay jake <laughs> have a good one everybody <laughs>